Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. You have one message. First message. All right. Luke, this is Haley from Team Dirt Dynasty, and I have just like a handful of things that we need to discuss. Number one, this month's trivia night was like so much fun. I had a blast. I think we all had a good time. The questions were hilarious and perfect, and I loved it. The prizes were excellent. So much fun. Two, we need to talk about the Dirt Dynasty's separate endeavors this month. We were trying to test our strengths individually to make sure that we're as strong as a team as we have come across so far as former champions. And, you know, I'd like to say that we did a great job. I think that we proved to ourselves and each other that we are a team that is better united than we are apart. And I think that this mirrors the Marvel Civil War, as you so kindly mentioned. The Avengers split up, and then they came back together, stronger than ever. And one key member of that Marvel Cinematic Universe, who I feel like I was lovingly compared to, would be Loki. And I just want to argue that Loki is the best Marvel character hands down. Again, that's a conversation for another day, so we don't need to get into that, but just know that that's where I stand. And I value the comparisons of such an iconic character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And finally, we will be back together in October as an entire United Durant Dynasty front with our strongest MVP, Super Freak, Emily Fraker, who did win first place, and that's incredible, and that's why we keep her around, because we love her so much, and she brings a lot to the team. Anyway, all that to say, we will see you October 15th for the next trivia night, and be prepared to see the reunited Dynasty team reign supreme. Thanks so much. Bye. No remaining messages. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop. A weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 1, Episode 33, Hand Bras and Art Lovers. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, October 7th, 1989. Hello, friends, and thanks for showing up for yet another peek back into pop culture history. We've got a super fun episode in store looking back at what was happening in pop music specifically 30 years ago. But before we get into that, some sports news. First up, on October 1st, 1989, the Dallas Cowboys 6'9", 270-pound defensive end and former pro boxer Ed Tutal Jones racked up his 1,000th career tackle in his 15th and final season in the NFL. Impressive, as he did so when he was a year younger than I am today. I've racked up significantly fewer tackles in my life. In baseball this week in 1989, Oakland A's lightning-fast left fielder Ricky Henderson stole a record eight bases in a single playoff series in their five-game run against the Toronto Blue Jays before moving ahead to take on the San Francisco Giants in the World Series, which we'll talk about in a couple weeks. I probably cared even less about baseball then than I do today, but even still, I remember that A's team being a very big deal. In world news... 
Thirty years ago, on October 5th, the Norwegian Nobel Committee awarded the Dalai Lama the 1989 Nobel Peace Prize for the struggle of the liberation of Tibet and the efforts for a peaceful resolution following the Tiananmen Square protests earlier that year. And on October 1st, in a move that truly changed the world, the Nordic nation of Denmark legalized civil unions between partners in same-sex relationships, the world's first such legislation. Well done, Denmark. Thanks for leading the way. And Hollywood, the number one film at the box office for the third and final week was the Ridley Scott film Black Rain, which I tried to watch this week but couldn't, as it was just kind of completely uninteresting. I do understand how it landed the number one spot, though, as we were in the middle of a big lull between summer blockbusters and the rush of movies that released throughout the holiday season. But fear not, we've got several fantastic star-studded films still to come before the end of the year. The main pop culture news this week in 1989 was in the music world. Ladies were dominating the Billboard charts as Paula Abdul's debut album from June of 1988, Forever Your Girl, made a surprise appearance at the number one spot a year and a half after its release. While Janet Jackson had the number one single in the country, Miss You Much, just a few weeks after the release of her fourth studio album, Rhythm Nation 1814. I invited my friend and former guest, and the closest thing I know to a female pop star, Latifa Alatas, back to talk about it. Latifa Alatas, welcome back to 30 Pop. So happy to be back, Luke. I am so glad you're here. I wish you were actually here. I don't like doing these remote conversations. It's way more fun when you're in the room making me laugh. It is so much more fun to be in the room making you laugh. And it would also maybe not be as fun to be in Houston. (laughs) You know, it's pretty nice here right now. And you're on your way down to see Aaron in Texas and participate in the things that he's doing creatively. But I just get a remote, but that's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You'll have a great time without me. We will have 10% less fun. I will 10%. (laughs) I knew you were going to be mad at that. (laughs) 33.3 repeating percent less fun. How much less fun are you having right now since Aaron's not here? (laughs) If it's more than 10%. It's a solid 10. (laughs) You do not not know how to flatter people. Luke, I bring 90% of the fun wherever I (laughs) go. Much like the other female pop stars that I have studied the, my whole life, they bring a 90, the rest of the world brings 10. That's quite a segue. <laughs> so you clearly know that you are on the episode today because 30 years ago this week, we had a couple of pop goddesses crushing mm. the Billboard charts, both the number one album and the number one single. The number one album being Paula Abdul's 1988 album, Forever Your Girl, which I've been trying to figure out how it jumped back up to the top of the charts. I'll tell you how. Tell me. Because it's awesome. It's awesome. It is. Okay. So the last single for this record had come out in June, and the next one wouldn't come out until November. So why on October 7th is that album the number one album in the country once again? What was the single? In June, the single was Cold Hearted, I think. Oh, cool. It's a cold hearted snake. Yeah. I mean, honestly, man, probably just like me. I first I bought the single cassette for straight up and then I got the whole cassette for forever your girl and just fell in love and realized it was full of hits. So maybe it just took time for people to like get to know the record. Maybe so. I mean, she was crushing the charts earlier in the year too. So she had done uh, well already with that album, but for whatever reason, 
there was this one anomalous week in the middle of October where she jumped back to the charts, although the number one single was the first single off Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814, Miss You Much, which oh, is a song I still love gosh. to this day. So these music videos, like Paula's music videos for this record, and then Janet Jackson's like Rhythm Nation video and all mm-hmm. of the videos she were doing, made me, like I was a kid in jazz. Like I went to jazz dance class. I went to tap because of Paula Abdul and Gene Kelly. I mean, let's be honest. But Paula was bringing tap back and like making it really cool. And I think that she tapped... Did she tap an opposites a track when she like danced with that cartoon cat? Uh, I can't remember. It's been a little while since I've watched that video. And then I had to deal by with a like, little the while, strange... I mean like a few weeks at least. Uh, but, yeah, at least at least a couple hours. But like I feel like I had to deal with that like uncomfortability of is Paul Abdul really in love with a cartoon cat? And like what does that mean? And then like does that give me more options? And like I guess it's not considered bisexual. Is like what is that? And, and it's then not, like it's not even really bestiality because it's no. art she's just an art lover i mean she's, there you go she's an art lover i love that so much hey you should write for sitcoms oh gosh <laughs> zing but, context there for our listeners is the reason why you were headed to austin to spend time with our mutual friend aaron is to yes. write a sitcom without me we're not even going to release it it's just to write it without you <laughs> just to cause you suffering. Um, I'm kidding. We would never do that on purpose. No, but then it was the same weird feelings I had with the Howard the Duck movie. And also Roger Rabbit. There's a lot of weird animal. And why is it always women in love with animal men? That feels, I don't know if it's considered sexist when it's an animal. That might be a stretch, but I don't know. I mean, you're a far more experienced feminist than I am. So <laughs> we got to investigate this for if another If that is podcast. sexism, then I stand wholeheartedly against it. <laughs> against it. That's right. Thank you for your support. Um, but yeah, back to Forever Your Girl. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So we just heard Royer in the background. Yes. Are you in love with Royer? Well, not the same kind of love that opposites attract kind of love that Paula was singing about. If he was a cartoon, though. (laughs) See, that would just make me an art lover, which we've established, which I definitely am an art lover. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Janet. So this is Janet's fourth album. To me, it's the first one that really, really matters. I mean, so she had a big hit record before this, but like this record changed the game for Janet. Let's see, I'm reading on Wikipedia. It's the only album in the history of the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 singles chart to have seven commercial singles peak within the top five positions. So, I mean, this album is literally hit after hit after hit. Yeah. What did this one have Escapade and Nasty or Nasty and Escapade before? So Nasty was before. Escapade was one of my favorites. Escapade is on this. Yeah. Escapade was one of the big ones. Yes. Okay. So the big singles were obviously Rhythm Nation, Miss You Much, Miss You Much, Love Will Never Do Without You, Black Cat, which was huge. Yeah. Freaking loved that song. And Escapade. There were others. I'm not sure what the other ones were, but. Yeah, huge. All of her biggest singles are from this record. I think what was interesting, you know, thinking about Janet and Paula, one, both women of color, two, both amazing entertainers and dancers, but they hold really different energy. Like Paula, to me, feels more like a true pop kind of princess. For sure, yeah. And Janet has this like kind of aggressive in a great way edge 
kind of like rock R&B pop yeah, might be it, more well, fair so to say. New Jack Swing is what the genre is yeah. actually called. And like it's New Jack Swing. Yeah. And wow. you just, you don't hear that language a lot, but that's absolutely a genre of music that existed. And I mean, I completely resonated with, I loved New Jack Swing stuff, but uh, I didn't know that's what you called it. I didn't know that was a genre. That's yeah. such a cool name. Yeah. New and and it's, it's, you know, pop R&B. That's kind of the New Jack Swing was sort of the hip hop meets pop and R&B thing. That's sort of the, that middle ground, New Jack Swing. So. Yeah, but there were those like real aggressive kind of like distorted electric guitars all over the record you know yeah, for sure like black cat i mean yeah and that to me is like that kind of rock like acdc kind yeah. of aggressive yeah, edge sure. to the sound but yeah and even her dancing was more like battle style tribal group dancing and then paula was like you know she had the tap and the, you know she was dancing with cartoon cats did okay did forever your girl have rush on that record i rush Hurry, hurry, love no, yeah, that was a later album. Oh my gosh. Just fun fact on that though. That was Keanu Reeves. That's Ugh. yeah. Gosh, can we get him on the show? And can I be the interviewer? If you and maybe think I can ask that I have not story? tried to get Keanu Reeves on the show, <laughs> you're crazy. I feel like maybe if we could just say like, Hey, Keanu, this woman named Latifah, great news. She's single. You're single. We'll just see if opposites attract and then we'll play the Paula song. <laughs> There were so many like mixed references in that. So here's, I'm just going to say this about Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814, and you can agree or disagree. Okay. Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814 is to the 80s what Beyonce's Lemonade is to today. Ooh. I mean, I almost think Janet is more significant. I mean, I'm not going to argue that, but. Only because, I mean, Lemonade is bananas and amazing and i'm a huge beyonce fan like i'm, I'm not hating on, on bay but i just feel like for the time in which women were making music that really stood out and it, i don't know not, not that lemonade doesn't stand out but i just think that janet jackson was doing something for women in music that she was paving a road so that beyonce and lemonade could exist 100 agree with that what the reason i draw that comparison is because this is a record where janet jackson came out and said it's fine that you think of me as a pop star. I have something I actually want to say, and I'm saying right. it with this record. And that's how I that's think right. of Lemonade is like it's this brilliant work that is actually there's just so much depth to it. It's not yeah. a pop record. It's not just an R&B record. It, 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 there's something that, that she's saying, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's expression. But like even like We Run the World and like all that kind of like dancing that Beyonce did at the Super Bowl however many years ago. None of that would have existed without Rhythm Nation Janet Jackson. I agree. Hands down. And I bet Beyonce would say the same thing, you know? Yeah. Huh. Didn't Janet Jackson have a baby at 50 years old? Sorry, but I think I, that's absolutely true. I am not <laughs> so intimately aware of I'm pretty sure she had life. a baby at 50. It's worth Googling. And I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's real. So... There's a lot of things. I mean, I don't know. Maybe doing Rhythm Nation is giving her eternal use. I don't know what it is. Hold on. I'm going to Google it because I actually think that's true. Google.com <laughs> entering <laughs> Janet Jackson. You actually go to Google.com to Google things? <laughs> Baby born age. I feel like that'll get me there. 50. Headline. Janet Jackson, 50, gives birth to boy. I could not have anticipated this being where the conversation would go. <laughs> That's so me, but you know, I'm full of surprises and fun facts. That's like true. I said earlier, 90-10 Luke. <laughs> oh yeah, I still resent that. But 
here's a fun fact about Janet. Here's probably my greatest Janet memory. Is actually has nothing to do with her music or her acting. What I remember is a poster of her that came out in the early '90s that hung in my brother's dorm room. Was it the black and white one with her hands above her head? It's the and the hand bra. It was the Ooh, it was the, the introduction of the hand bra. I'd never seen a hand bra before, but I, I mean, basically fell thing. in love with Janet Jackson at that point, at that point in my life. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I think I was fourteen I, and smitten. I, that's so weird because that's when I fell in love with the hand bra. Okay. <laughs> That's when you became an exclusive hand bra user. Okay. I mean, prevents breast cancer. I mean, there's a lot of things that are positive about the hand bra. I wish I had. I was too afraid to let anybody hand bra me for till my late 20s. Can I just say, as surprised as I was for the conversation to go to Janet Jackson at 50 having a baby, I am exponentially more surprised that this is where our conversation has gone. Oh, what a good episode so far, though, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I would say 90% because of me and 10% yeah. because of you. That's amazing. Do you, do you have any specific memories around the single Miss You Much? I remember sitting and like watching the music video in the music room of my house, eating my favorite snack while watching music videos at this age. Hot Pocket? or No, I do love a Hot Pocket. But you know those like a, the restaurant style Tostitas, tortilla chips. So they're like pretty big, the restaurant style ones. And then the American Easy Cheese. Okay. And then so I would get like a big triangle restaurant, white corn chip, Tostitos. And then I would do like an icing layer. Like it would take me five minutes to ice one chip. You know, I'm going to put this out on the internet, right? Like people are (laughs) going to hear this. (laughs) With the Easy Cheese. The last time I was on, we talked about my nugget session, <laughs> so it just feels just, right to continue the snack thing. But and then I would just I'm just eat worried the you're gonna chip. have to go back to regular bras after this because. <laughs> and I just remember eating that delicious snack, that pastime all American easy cheese. That snack. is not no. That is no. <laughs> I love that that's your memory of Janet Jackson's chart-crushing single, Miss You Much. I think she would be so honored to know that. I mean, I was also very impressed with the dancing. (laughs) As a side note. Did you dance while holding that disgusting chip? No, I had to eat the chip first, and then I could dance. I mean, the good news is is that I was dancing and eating, just like I was rollerblading to McDonald's back and forth. So it kept me from being a large child. That is amazing. Yeah. So I just want to thank you for coming on to talk about a little bit about, I would say 10% about female pop stars and 90% about really strange things. 90% sheer entertainment, Luke. It is always a joy to have you. I look forward to having you back on. I hope you and Aaron have fun without me this weekend. Hey, we're going to miss you much. <laughs> You're welcome. That was perfect. Okay. So long, friend. Bye. <laughs> You honestly just never know where the conversation's going to go when either Latifah or our mutual friend Aaron Hale has a microphone in front of it. Big thanks to Latifah for being a part of this week's episode. A couple things to be aware of in case you don't already know. First, if you love this show and the retro pop culture goodness we discuss week in and week out, then you'll probably also like our store over on TeePublic. TeePublic is this really great merch company that partners brands and designers together to benefit everyone. I've curated a store which is linked in the show notes full of really killer late 80s and early 90s pop culture designs. So go get your merch on. And when you do, 
Be sure to wear it to our next 30 Pop Trivia Night next Tuesday, October 15th at Cafeza in Houston for a whole bunch of bonus points for your team. This is a really fun, nostalgia-rich event with good music, good drinks, good people, and good vibes. I promise you'll love it. You can RSVP and share the event linked in the show notes as well for even more bonus points. Lastly, if you want to dive deep on the rest of the music that was crushing the charts this week in 1989, be sure to subscribe to the 30 Pop Mixtape playlist on Apple Music or Spotify. I keep it up to date with the top 40 songs every week. Friends, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back next week with a brand new guest to talk about one of our favorite one-hit wonders, the diabolical Biz Marquee. You don't want to miss it. Until then, baby, just remember, I gave you my heart. Ain't no one going to tear us apart. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>